So today uh, we're reading from uh, the 12th chapter of Luke, uh, verses 49 through 56. And in this text, Jesus offers us one of perhaps his more challenging sayings. As he's gone through his ministry, he has taught a message of love and relationship, reaching out to others. But today he seems to take a very different stance And as we hear these words today, I want us to think about what can happen as we put God first in our lives. I came to cast fire upon the earth, how I wish that it was already ablaze. I have a baptism I must experience, how I am distressed until it's completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, I have come instead to bring division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will square off against son and son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud forming in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain. And indeed it does. And when a south wind blows, you say, a heat wave is coming. And it does. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret conditions on earth and in the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? What a great uplifting text for us today as we celebrate baptism. Jesus comes not to bring peace. Instead, his coming heralds division. Just what we need to hear on a day like today when we are celebrating our unity in Christ that comes through our baptism and our participation in Christ's body, the church. What in the world does this have to do with the message that Jesus was bringing into the world? Why would God come down, offering us relationship, teaching us to love one another, and then tell us he's bringing division and conflict into the world? got to be some kind of mistake here. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of translation error or, or something. Maybe if we take a look at some of the rest of Jesus's ministry, we can see what's going on here. Surely everything always went perfectly smoothly in the ministry of the Son of God. After his baptism and his time in the wilderness, Jesus returned to Nazareth to his hometown, and he went to worship in the synagogue, and when the scroll was handed to him, he read the words of the prophet, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then after hearing these scriptures and the words that Jesus had to share with them about this text, the people who knew him, who knew his family, who had known him his whole life, took him out to the top of a hill so they could throw him down and stone him to death. Then Jesus went from there and started going through the countryside, preaching and healing and teaching people about the relationship with God that they were being called to. And there were many who celebrated and praised God. And yet there were those who grumbled 
and questioned him. As Jesus taught a new relationship with God and with each other, his fame began to spread. Crowds were following him around. People were excited when they heard he was coming. But at the same time, there were others who were plotting against him. It seems that not everyone was excited about Jesus' message of love and relationship. Some people followed him while some turned away. Some listened to his teachings and found hope. Others heard his words and got angry. And some even heard a challenge to the ruling powers in his teaching and wanted to put a stop to it. How is it that some heard good news and others did not? Maybe, maybe there were some people who were feeling guilty about the way that they were living their lives rather than feeling relieved. Maybe some realized that Jesus was right and that their actions weren't actually motivated by love. Maybe, maybe some people were just afraid. Whatever the reason, not everyone heard Jesus' words as good news. And so there was conflict and there was division. Not because Jesus wanted it, not because that was his goal, but because some people were always going to reject what he was bringing. For those of us that have been baptized, we have become a part of the body of Christ. And therefore, we partake in that same ministry that he started. We preach a message of love for God and love for others. We do our best to live out that love for everyone that Jesus modeled for us. And just as in Jesus' time, there are those that hear that message as good news, and then there are others that hear that and don't hear it as good news. As we heard last week, when we follow Jesus, we become citizens of God's kingdom. That's what we're doing here today, celebrating baptism, celebrating that time in which we are joined to God in God's kingdom. And as citizens of God's kingdom, that is where we owe our primary allegiance to God as known to us in Jesus. And just as there are those who will hear that good news of God's love for us and at best be unmoved, there are those who will see our allegiance to God first as a threat to their power. It's not that division was Jesus' goal. It's not that Jesus wanted to create conflict, but he knew, just as we do, that there are always going to be those that either ignore or even feel threatened by inclusion in God's kingdom. This is why Jesus comes back around to talk about the weather. Jesus points out that we're good at reading the signs of the weather. He uses the folk wisdom of his own day for his own place. We have our own today, you know, red skies at night, sailor's delight and all that. We know how to read these signs and interpret them, but he's using that as a caution for us. We know how to interpret things, but we don't always understand each other. People see someone acting differently than them and what they consider normal. And the first instinct tends to be to judge them, 
rather than showing them mercy and love just as God shows us, we sometimes let the fact that someone is different cause division between us and them. Rather than seeing the opportunity to help someone in need, we tend to want to judge them for being in that situation in the first place. We see this over and over in Jesus' ministry. He helps those in need, but there's always someone there to question him about it. Sometimes it's outsiders. Sometimes it's even those closest to him. So, of course, he knew that following his teaching would cause division among people. He's saying this about human nature, not about the divine plan. And that's what's really important for us to remember. It's not that Jesus wants to cause division. It's not that Jesus is seeking to sow discord between us and others. He would obviously prefer that we would hear the call to love God and to love our neighbors and to simply go out and do that. But he knows that is something that we humans tend to have a difficult time with. If you ever really want to get a group of people upset, tell them they're supposed to love their neighbors. And then tell them that there are no limits on who those neighbors are. And then top it off by using the most unlikely example you can think of as the epitome of what it means to love one another. The division isn't the goal. Jesus wants us to be unified, to be one, to be about the mission that he started. He shows us over and over again what it means to live as a member of God's kingdom and to love others. Even the most unlikely ones we can think of. So the division isn't the goal. Sometimes I think we have a tendency to take this text and figure, well, if everybody hates us, if everybody hates what we're doing, well, we must be doing the right thing because Jesus said he came to bring division. But just because there's division and conflict, just, just because people don't agree with us doesn't necessarily mean we're on God's side either. This part of Jesus' teaching takes place after a dinner with a group of Pharisees and scribes. They question him for not following the law as found in the scriptures, namely for not washing his hands as he came to dinner, as the law prescribes. Jesus becomes irate with them and tells them how terrible it is for them to be more concerned about the law than with justice and the love of God. And after leaving dinner, he turns to the crowds to offer several warnings about the dangers of hypocrisy, of greed, of worry, culminating finally in these words that he shared today. He wants his followers to know that the way ahead will not always be easy. A kingdom built on love and mercy will always be seen as a threat to some. And so we read these words still today. We continue to hear Jesus' call today. 
We join ourselves to his body through baptism, marking ourselves as a part of God's kingdom. And in doing so, we heed his call to love others. Through baptism, we become citizens of God's kingdom first and citizens of whatever earthly kingdom we happen to live in second. As we prepare to go back out into that world beyond these walls, as we ponder what it means to be united together in one body, I want you to consider Jesus' words today as well as his call to love those around us. Have you encountered division and conflict due to your faith? Was it because you sought to love those that you encounter? Was it because you showed mercy to other people? Was it because you helped someone in need? Was it because you were living out Jesus' call to love God and to love your neighbor? I pray that we will continue to be such examples of God's love and mercy in the world. I pray that the world will continue to know us by our love. And I pray that any divisions that we may encounter may be because of our love for others.